Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about common rules that get ignored or changed when you're playing games. I feel that we talk about D&D quite a bit. And in this case, D&D is a prime example of even fifth edition is a prime example of things that often get house ruled. I, I know for a while, for a while there, I was in a face group group called raw D&D fifth edition. I quickly left that group. <laughs> right. Cause I, I didn't care. Right. I didn't care about the rules as written, which I thought was, I don't know what I want. Well, I joined it because I had a question, and my question was: there was an it was an issue. There was a uh, issue during my game when a player was around the corner of a of a castle, and he would pop out, shoot, and then go back behind the the castle wall. And then I'm I'm like, well, I don't think you can do that, right? I was thinking because you can't move, shoot, and then move again. You can't split your move. Because you, you only have a move action and a action action or whatever. But he said it, it was that he could do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll let you do it, whatever. And so I asked the question on, on Facebook. And sure enough, yes, that's within the rules. And I said, that's silly. Because that makes it so that person will never get hit. Right? Because he pops out, shoots, then goes back behind, which he has 100% cover. How am I ever going to hit that guy? Someone comes from behind him. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, uh, some magically teleported outside the castle walls, and, and well, that is one of the one of the items that w- was on the list. Oh, there's a list. The, I like the list. Um, the the interactions, right? So in fifth edition, there's you can interact with an object, and there's a very odd list that these guys showed me. There's movement, there's your action, and there's bonus action. Yes, I think that's what that's where I think uh, fifth edition for me gets a little wonky in the way that the rules are written. And when you start talking about rules as written and adhering to that kind of stuff, for me, my main problem is, does it make sense? Right. Right. And if it doesn't make sense then I don't like that rule. I got to tell you, with the whole movement thing, I just remember Pathfinder and your five-foot step. And if the person is in within this amount, they get to attack you. And if they pass by you, you get a free attack and all of these things. And I just remember it used to just make my brain hurt because they would sit there with the figures out and explain it all this is what I want to do. And then they would argue about how close they were and all this other stuff. Uh, yes and no. I mean, yes, that did happen, but I liked fifth edition because it was trying to make sense of the idea that if somebody runs past you and doesn't care about you and doesn't do anything to defend against you, literally running past you, then you should be able to attack those that person running past. Did you mean no you, you like Pathfinder or Fifth Edition for that? Pathfinder. You said Fifth Edition. I'm just yeah, edition? yeah. Wow, I'm in Pathfinder because to me it makes sense. You got some guy rushing past you to attack somebody else that isn't paying attention to you. That really isn't paying too much attention to you. They might be like, I hope this guy doesn't hit me. Kind of look in his eyes, but he's not doing or she. They are not doing anything to defend themselves. Yeah, I'll stick out my sword and 
Heck, all he has to do is stick out his sword and he slices himself running into it, right? <laughs> if he has, you know, if it's a narrow corridor, he's trying to slip past you. It makes total sense. Okay, see, so that one makes sense to you. And then where it gets really funky is how many times do you get a free attack? So that that there was a feat that lets you have up to as many free attacks as your dexterity bonus or something like that. So like if you had a really high dexterity, it was really good for you to have that but then as a gm i would never do this but as a gm we go well i'm never going to do that against him because or try to get past him because he's going to attack every every single guy because he has a high dexterity has that uh, i forget what it's called quicken defenses or whatever it was in pathfinder so i like the idea of that like wow i get to attack these guys as they run past me but it usually didn't have a lot of in-game well, I never played Pathfinder really that much, but uh, I never really had that kind of opportunities to to use those as a player. Things, as a player, as a, as a GM, as a you GM, got I didn't to care. see it happen all the time. As a GM, I didn't care. I just did whatever I wanted to do, and so meaning like, sure, I would rush by him and get, let him get have his attacks because that's what he wanted. The right, right. particular character that yeah, that's the way he built it. Right, and so I, I would. What is it, what would you call it? I wouldn't make it a, a wasteful decision on the character's part to choose a feat and then it never come up. Right? Yes. That would like that would suck. Once they told you that they had that. Right. I'm like, well, okay, then I'm never going to do that. That would suck. <laughs> As a GM, I would be a, a bad GM cause, because NPCs don't know that kind of information. Right. So, again... So when Chris Perkins, I think his name is Chris Perkins, he was like in charge of D&D. When I, when I saw that, I saw his response. Yes, that's within the rules. That's the way it's, it's played. I quickly left that group. I'm no longer part of the raw D&D. Well, edition. rules as written is has its place, right? Some people really like it because it gives them, they feel as if they are empowered by the rules as they're written the GM can't take that away from them. I also, I think it's very important for people who are new to playing role-playing games, uh, any role-playing games, or new to D&D, uh, that they want to try to play as close to the rules as possible. But then again, some of that stuff isn't written, right? Right? It's like... It's just stuff that... And it has to be interpreted right. a certain way. And I think that's where I tend to, to steer away from rules as written. Because if the rule... As written doesn't make sense in the real world. I know we're playing a fantasy game. I understand that. There is a, what do you call it, uh, suspension of the disbelief when we're playing role-playing games. But but I remember uh, Chris, Chris, our friend, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes I know it's a, a fantasy role-playing game, but does, does it doesn't mean if I flap my arms, I can fly. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Which I thought was funny, but it's but it's very reminiscent. Is yeah, there are still rules. There's still rule natural law rules that exist in the role playing game. Gravity. If you jump off a high cliff, you're gonna fall. I think that um, for movement rules in any in any game, a lot of the times, it's not so much that you're trying to do them not as written. It's that people interpret it differently, right? Or you start doing it one way and then you just keep doing it. Like kind of with the, I don't think the, was the five foot thing in um, D&D fifth edition too. Because, no, they got rid of that. Because um, what I'm saying is that 
because of playing Pathfinder for a long time, a lot of times Steve and the boys will go, but that's a five foot thing. And then even though it's not, and you go, well, that's not in fifth edition, but to everybody at the table, it makes sense, right? Right. So, so they've adjusted, they've taken other rules for the movement part of it and kind of added it, right? Well, I think the five foot rule was to be able to get away from somebody yeah. without eliciting an attack of opportunity, which that is what, what when somebody comes flying by you, that's you get an attack of opportunity. Right. Uh, and I think it was to prevent somebody from, man, I'm getting low on hit points. I better retreat. Oh, you retreat. Boom. I get an attack of opportunity because you're moving. Right. Right. Away within from the me. five feet. And you're within my five feet. Yeah. Range and you're, uh, you're moving. Yeah. So I think uh, the five foot step takes you out of reach of the opponent, and then but then a person can can come five foot step closer. You. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but then you can coordinate with other players, have them step up, and you step back, and then and then they prevent the other person, the enemy, from following you. D and D does have a five foot step, but they don't have rules about movement as far as what they do about how much you can move. But they call it a disengage action. Yeah. So they, they they got they got rid of the terminology, but the concept is still there. Right. Because five foot step is. I need to uh, take a five foot step back. So it might have started in third edition, but Pathfinder still kept it. So yeah. Yeah. So that that rule is very interesting. The idea of disengaging, the idea of taking a five foot step, but it makes sense, right? If you injured, you're gonna cautiously but get away from that thing that keeps hitting you with their sword right or <laughs> if you can if you can <laughs> yeah right? I, I mean it makes sense uh so i have no problem with, that's why i don't mind the five foot step i don't mind the idea of a attack of opportunity because like when somebody is not when an opponent rushes by you and they're not really they're off trying to save the princess, right? And ignore the two orcs next to them. Yeah. Well, the orcs are like, hey, well, take a free shot. Exactly. He's not paying attention. Well, and that's the way it would happen, right? And it makes sense to me. It does. And I would take a shot. I would be an orc and yeah, you know what? That's a fool running past me. <laughs> well, and a lot of people get, conf- not confused, but a lot of people, when it comes to, it's your turn, what are you going to do? And depending on what they believe is going to happen or what they want to do, Sometimes they want to take out their weapon. They want to. Oh yeah. Take out their weapon, move, shoot, or slice or whatever with whatever weapon it is, and then do something else. Right. And you're like, uh, do you That's get to much. do all of those things? Yeah, I think the the inter, what they call it inter, interactions. Interact with objects. Right, and so in in that list, there's a couple things that seem kind of normal, like take something off the table. Yeah. But then there's like, there's one like, get something out of your backpack. I go, okay, I wear a backpack to work because I just, I've never stopped wearing a backpack ever since I went to college, right? And because uh, they're handy. Mm-hmm. I can understand why women carry purses. I carry a lot of crap. Well, I carry a lot of my calligraphy pen, now my phone charger, cables, and I, crap right i got all kinds of stuff and then i carry notebooks because i always have to have and your inhaler and my inhaler right in case some cat attacks me uh, <laughs> wild cat anyway so so i carry a backpack now i find it hard to believe that i can move that backpack to a position where i can grab something out of it and 
take something out of it and be able to do that. And that's interacting with an object. That's extremely quickly. Okay. I'm thinking a medieval backpacks probably didn't have zippers, right? Maybe they had snaps. No, no, they had. They just had ties. Ties, right? Uh, most likely would be tied, uh, and unless it wasn't tied, unless there's just a flap, it's just a flap. It's still it's gonna be difficult because it's on your back. It doesn't make any sense that I could do all that and get a potion out. Let's say a potion. Oh, I've gotten hit for thirty-five damage. I got five hit points left. I'm gonna need a potion of maximum healing. Well, you could even if you allow them to get the potion out of their backpack as a as a free action or a interactive with object action, then are they going to want to take that potion? Of course. But is that going to be part of? The, is that going to be their action? Yes. There's all kinds of stuff that 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 list I find problematic. Some stuff is really easy, right? But other things I'm like, and then there's this, this idea of uh, of like dropping a weapon and and pulling out a weapon or holstering a weapon or not holstering, but putting it into your scabbard and pulling out a different weapon. Uh, the people I saw on YouTube were talking about that. They just do away with that. I'm like, well, what do you do instead? The one guy was talking about how it's a fantasy game. You got to go with what the player wants to do to make it exciting. And, no. and Saul was, Saul was just shaking his head. No, the whole time. And I'm like going, I can see both points of view, right? As the player, you have this idea of what you're going to do on your turn. But as the GM, you're going, uh, that's like three turns. <laughs> yes, yes. And it just doesn't seem feasible, right? If Unless the backpack, okay, unless, unless the backpack isn't on your back. I mean, I, I can't imagine why. It would be, I don't know there. that they had backpack. Well, I, I'm, they, I, I always think of like a satchel. That's no, Well, in the, even in AD&D, you had a leather backpack. Okay, there you go. It was like a full backpack that you'd have on your back that we put all your gold in it and stuff <laughs> and winnings. The idea that an interaction with objects that I understand why they would just get rid of it, but but I think those rules are in there because because of me, right? Oh, you can't do that just arbitrarily, and then probably dealt with people too harsh more harsher than me said no there's no way you're gonna be able to do that no no, no. well and then and then, what if i drop my 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 bowl and pull out my sword no no it just, well it, and i think no. that you should be able to drop your bow and pull out your sword yeah i agree I just mean, remember to quick. go pick it up later hopefully it's still intact <laughs> yeah nobody stepped on it yeah so i think but that makes sense right that does make sense other things don't make so much sense when you're when on that list to me so i think i think if people have if people are just rational, say, okay, I can see that happening in the amount of, in the amount of time that it's not that much time for you to act. or do Well, something. how long is a turn? Like six seconds in d and I believe it is. Yeah. So you move. I mean, that, that, you, you actually move pretty far, 30 feet in six seconds. I mean, I don't know. Okay, six seconds is just the number they give you. Realistically, 30 feet in six seconds. I don't know. Yeah, well, in in and old, taking out a and dropping your wet, dropping a bow, pulling out your sword, you could do that as you're walking, yeah, right? Makes sense. Yeah, you can like combine things together. And then you get your action. But like, if you have a sword in one hand and a shield in another, do you have a free hand to be searching and stuff? Or even if you have a sword in one hand, how are you going to get that backpack open and search for something? I mean, it would have to be a special backpack. <laughs> 
So interactions, I understand why people ignore these rules. And I don't think it fundamentally changes the game too much. I think anytime you start ignoring rules, the problem is you might accidentally change, change the way the game is played, like if it's an important rule. Well, movement is a big one. And, and a lot of times when, you, when you're playing with someone you haven't played with before, you got to feel out what's, how the GM is going to react to what you want to do, right? Right. Because you never know. And if you have a session zero, you should you should talk about that kind of stuff movement so if you want to take your sword out make make it clear what people can do so when you get into the heat of a battle they're not like okay this is i'm going to do these five things and my turn right and the gm goes uh no <laughs> uh, the, yeah i'm gonna look, do the list this list of interactions which are free actions yeah well you're limited to how many free actions you could take they're not exactly free so I think, uh, yeah, I think that that is something that you, as a GM, would say, okay, this is what I'm doing with interact. If you're changing the rules. If you're not changing the rules and not leave it alone, I don't think you have to mention it. Right. But if you're changing something that is Well, you might rule, want to tell them what your interpretation of the rules are. Exactly. Because yeah. they might have a different, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but there's a lot of idea. rules. <laughs> no, well, just for certain things like yeah. movement. And, and along with that comes spell components for... for and casting stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The idea that so there's when if you're a spellcaster, you there's like three different things. There's material components, a voice component, and what do they call it? The somatic. Somatic, which is movement of your hand, and people get really nervous. Uh, not nervous. <laughs> they get picky because if the fighter gets to do all of these actions, and the spellcaster wants, oh, it's like a, it's like a. A chessboard, right? Okay. Fighters don't always like spellcasters. They think they get to do too much. They're too powerful. And spellcasters are like, well, I want to cast this spell. I have to do these things to do it. And I should be able to do that in my turn. I don't need to take two turns to do it. And the fighters are, because the fighters get to do all of these things, right? Because they're saying, I pull out my weapon, I do this, blah, oh, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like a, well, if he gets to do that, then I should be able to do this. But with spellcasting and those three different elements, there are these rules and you need to know, if you're a spellcaster, you need to know what the rules are for you. Like if you have to have a material item, you either have to have it on you. And if it's like 300 gold worth of diamond dust, then you're not going to, and it's used each time you cast a spell, you're only going to be able to cast that spell for however many of those you have, right? Right. I think... You're delving into an area where a lot of people, I think a lot of GMs, I don't remember worrying about VSM, verbal, somatic, and material components, because it was just kind of like, people think it's a hold, and I, I agree, it's a holdover from AD&D. It continues to be that way. And by fifth edition, the next time, they'll probably get rid of it. Uh, and I, that's my guess. But the reason people don't like it is because it's so easy. It's just a... What it's it's like counting bullets, right? It's like something else that they have to keep track of, and no, not nobody. I was gonna say nobody, but a lot of people don't like that nitty gritty keeping track of. I gotta have bat guano was a big deal because I think bat guano was for like spell for, for like a something like a, what is it a magic missile or something, right? I remember one time Ian Ian <laughs> goes, he says Saul. This is what I need to cast this spell. 
I keep it all in this pouch. I have it on my tied to my hip. Mm-hmm. And he and he was specific because he knew that for that particular spell he needed certain things, right? Right. And a lot of people, a lot of spellcasters, they they have like a focus, right? If they're arcane, they 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 carry a focus. Like I wear this necklace that makes me be able to do this. Wands. Yeah, wands, different things. Yes. But it is it is a it is a big deal to some people and not other people. Well, when you eliminate material components, is that it's easy, right? And like especially somatic or verbal, uh, you just got to say it. You just got to move your hands in the air, and people go, oh, "Okay, this is no big deal." Material components also don't matter if it's like iron shavings and right. stuff. But when it's valuable stuff, like I forget what I think, raised dead is like a ten thousand. Or at least a thousand gold piece gem, or some some something like that, yeah. right? where it costs a lot of money. So when you ignore material components, it could change. Like, well, do you want? I can uh, raise this guy twenty times. Yeah, I can raise twenty guys, uh, right? Give me, give me, give me eight hours. I'll raise them. You know, I'll, I'll raise raise two people. Well, I got this spell three times. I'll raise three dead. Then in eight hours, another three. So you know, I could raise eighteen people in the you know eight twenty four hour period. After resting eight hours, no, I guess that breaks the rules. But uh, so I think just arbitrarily getting rid of that stuff can be problematic, right? Because it it makes things too easy. Yeah. Now, I'm guilty of letting that stuff slide, the somatic and the verbal stuff, because like they were, uh, we saw these guys talking about it, and they say, well, this one and one guy's game, he was trying to like cast a spell you know, verbal not with verbal, his with his hand underneath his, his cloak his so nobody his cloak just wiggling his fingers and he goes no it has to be visible that you've got to move your hands and you know in this arcane way and then the, the another guy was saying well i like the idea of like when you move your hands it's like sparkles of like like sparkles follow your fingers because you're invoking the power of of magic right and it, and to me that's neat that makes sense i, I like that and to a spellcaster like well i don't want to be a, i want to be as subtle as possible because i don't want the other guys to come after me because i'm the spellcaster right yeah because you become a big target yeah that, oh let's get that guy and that does change the way the game is played right if you're telling your spellcasters that if you're gonna you know you need a verbal component and i like the guy the one guy said it was. It's like when Gandalf does something, right? His voice gets really, really deep and loud when he does. Yeah, that. it's not. Yeah, he's not whispering. Yeah, incantations. And, and the and the idea of whirling your your wand around or doing an arcane sign with your hand. Yeah, like Doctor that Strange. makes it that makes it more realistic in the if you <laughs> can call it that in the magical realm of doing stuff, right? Yes. So because. What did, what do your players do? They want to know which one is the shaman that's casting really at you, right? <laughs> and then, and then that, that's the one they're going to go after. So it's the same like in if you play Shadowrun and you're a magician, you know that as soon as you throw a spell, things are coming after you because everybody sees what's going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes back to Shadowrun with you, and they uh, kill the kill the magic user. I I agree. I mean, well, you're right. I mean, that's, I, that's, that's just the, the way you see it, right? That, I I totally agree with you and both those guys we watched and, the, and other people who say you can't subtly throw magic, right? You're yeah. not going to be whispering and and twiddling your fingers like like you're trying to get dust or crumbs off of them, right? 
Uh, no, you have to move your hands. You have to say things loudly so like everybody knows what you're doing. It's not, unless. But there's also I didn't know what they were talking about. There's subtle spell casting which allows you to subtly, subtly right, yeah. and that's a feat. And so, so changing that rule, the get rid of, of the material of I mean, the uh, these components of spells makes that feat useless yeah and, and nobody would ever take that feat because so it change it's changing you know you change one thing is that this cat like dominoes you're knocking over all these other things that could be important in your game and i think uh i think you should be careful about that i think i overlook them and but i don't remember anybody trying to be sneaky with their smoke. no but for this episode i think that's one of the things that a lot of people overlook right right and they overlook because it's, uh, it's because, difficult. Because, you know, bat guano is is not what people are going to be wanting to carry around. Is it dry? At least so it doesn't stink, it, it right? Must, it has to be uh, freeze-dried. <laughs> because, you know, I have this wagon full of bat guano that I'm carrying around with me to do spells. I mean, come on. So I think there's a, quite a, there's a list of stuff that normally a lot of people get rid of, right? Well, there's that. There's kind of... I mean, I was thinking... The skills, like, uh, well, I was specifically thinking, like. The one that a lot of people talk about and that I have found, or the two skills that cause a lot of consternation for people are when you want to do, when you want to climb a wall or jump over something and you have to, and people are going, well, I want to use my athletics because I have points in that or I want to use my acrobatics. Right, because one's dex-based and one's strength-based, right? So it depends on what kind of character class you are, right? And a lot of people, they want to, substitute those and it comes in all games i'll go back to shadow run because we had that conversation with kathy kathy has acrobatics and she took <laughs> acrobatics for a specific reason because she thought that would be because she's like a, a spy right so she's thinking she can get in and out of places easy to i have no clue stuff. what kind of character she's playing and then um but then the boys are going, no, it's it's not. It wouldn't be acrobatics. It would be athletics. And she's all, well, I didn't take athletics because when I made the character, nobody told me I had to have athletics to do that. Right. She was thinking, uh, she was thinking acrobatics fit better what she wanted right, to do. Right, what she wanted to do. But in reality, well, I don't even know what in exactly. The rules. <laughs> I don't know exactly what she wanted to do, but it, it was athletics. And I think it, just like in D&D, it's based and, on a different stat. And in every game that I've been in, when when it comes to those, I want to climb the wall. Do you have climbing? No, I don't have climbing. I want to use my athletics. It's give me this check, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> that was pretty funny because uh, Pathfinder had climbing. It had uh, well, something you know. had jumping, but nobody took it, right? Where you want there was something what, about jumping and I, I climbing. I don't think that's a skill. Can I use my climbing to do that, or can I? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there was. I think the jumping rules in D and D has always been kind of wonky because you have to do this sort of math stuff, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't like a. It wasn't a skill. It's like you get your strength, and are you a long jump, standing long jump, are you running jump, all these things. So it was always this formula that she had to do, and. It doesn't matter because they got rid of it. And I think I forget what the rules are. When they now. get rid of something, that's probably because it didn't work. Oh, it was just too problematic, right? Like grappling. I, I forget. 
I don't even. I, honestly, I can't remember. Isn't grappling grap- just a strength check? The gra- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, gra- they had a grappling table in I think AD and D. Oh God, a table. And they, and, yeah, they had a grappling table in AD tables in AD and D. And I think third edition tried to do something. Uh, I don't remember. And Pathfinder. And then I think fifth edition just made it really easy or whatever. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. But but they, well, what happened was is that. When D and D Fifth Edition came out, they really consolidated a lot of skills. Right? Remember in the old in Pathfinder and in Third Edition, he had pickpocket, he had lock picking, he had uh, 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 hide in shadows, he had move silently, and now the all seemingly all those are like one, right? I don't know. Like, Seemingly, that's if you di- if you know which one you're supposed to pick. Well, okay, like move silently and hide in shadows. Those are two skills. Now it's now are called, those stealth. Now it's stealth, right. right? It's just one, and the other stuff was could have been incorporating those uh, other skills, but but anyway, so that's what they did. So they consolidated a lot of skills, and then some people are going, well, that obviously is uh, athletics, and other people are going, no, it's not <laughs> that's athletics. not athletics. So. <laughs> And that, and that's where you had Kathy's problem, right? She thought it was one thing, and everybody's going, "Well, no, that's not the the, the rules." I agreed with her because I said, "Well, if she wants to make her character where she can tumble and more like you know she's a spy, so she's like a cat burglar, right? That's what she Correct. was thinking." Yeah. Versus um, athletics, where you know you're working you're out brawn. Yeah, you're brawny. So that's where the problem comes in with things like that. When you right. go, well, I want to do this. And everybody goes, okay, that's a athletics. And you're going, but I don't have athletics. I want to use my acrobatics. I have acrobatics. So that's always an interesting problem that arises. And it always arises in our games that people want to try a different, something that they're good at, right? Yes. And they're like, well, I'd rather use my athletics, I, I, I mean, athletics or acrobatics. And I was, and what happens with, in my game? What I do is, again, I always revert to: does it make sense to me? Right? If, for example, jump, oh, I want to jump across one building to another. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have jump? <laughs> well, you know, there's no jump in D and D, right, or whatever, or not. There's no jump in the in the. Shadowrun either so they're like well i'm like what are you trying to do <laughs> right and how are you doing it right there's all kinds of factors that would make me ch- go one way or another now of course i'm not gonna and something i'd give them a hint but uh, for the most part i'm just trying to figure out what their character is trying to do so if they're just trying to like they're standing on one edge and they're trying to jump to the other side they'll probably just use athletics which is based on strength because you're Right. Right. But let's say you uh, you're saying, well, I'm going to I'm going to run. And uh, is there anything uh, up here that I can use to launch myself off of it? Uh, what are you talking about? Like a barrel or something. They're going to jump on a barrel and use that and then do somersault across it. Well, uh, it just might have reverted now to uh, acrobatics. acrobatics. Yeah. Right. And there's all kinds of ways you can mitigate uh, or or explain how you're going to do it that would make it one way or another. A lot of times, I favor the player, right? I'm like, if you give me a plausible explanation of why you want, want to use one skill over the other, I'll give you that. And you played Feng Shui. Oh, there's that too. So like another another example is, okay, I want to jump from... Uh, from here to another place, right? It doesn't matter where. I'm like, okay, uh, sure, use athletics. 
that's different from saying, well, I want to jump from here to there, but there's a, a ring of fire, and I will try to jump in between this ring of fire. I'm like, okay, then you can use a, a, a <laughs> acrobatics. <laughs> acrobatics, right? Because you're not only trying to jump, you're trying to squeeze in through a place, so that makes sense to me. Right. So you're right. There's all kinds of things that happen in those situations as far as skills. Another one, they, they were I, uh, I think about. one of them was stealth, right? Uh, or I want to hide in plain sight. Oh, that that's ridiculous. The idea that that there's a battle going on around you and you're just gonna hide right in the middle of it, or I'm be I'm using my stealth and nobody can see me, kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean I think there's got to be a, a a physical place that you cannot be seen, right? right. There's got to be a shadow in a brightly lit room that's all white. And there's nothing in the room. I don't think you can stealth anything. Unless you try to do it quietly. But if you try to try not to be seen, I don't think it's going to help. Right. Well, that that's one of the, the skills or, or feats or whatever, at, whatever people want to call it, stealth. I don't remember what it's called. They That you, a lot of people want to do it stealthily. And they want to be able to, and they think that's going to make it where where they're not seen right but in I've, reality if you're in the line of sight of people they might see you right right and there's and there's nothing you can do about it i mean there's no if there's no mitigating circumstance somebody seeing you <laughs> you know like if you're in a flat in the, in the street in the middle of the street and there's it's daylight where are you gonna hide right it just yeah like again i always revert to the does it make sense to me no i don't care how skillful you are at hiding you're not going to be able to hide in plain sight. It's just not possible. And I think that's what, that's when common sense kind of kicks in. And it doesn't matter what your stats say or no matter what the, well, how high of a, of a skill you have. You just, some things you just can't do no matter how well you roll either. So th those are, those aren't necessarily rules that are ignored, but people do change them and people do have to deal, GMs have to deal with those kind of questions all the time as to, Another one is insight and uh, I forget what. The, the uh, perception. Perception. I'm going to perceive if this person is lying. Mm, are you perceiving they're lying? Or are you it, trying, to, trying to figure out if they're lying by using your insight? So, I mean, I know those are the kind of things that people try to get away with. And I think, like I said, if you just revert to this common sense kind of thing and say, well, that does, no, it doesn't fit. It doesn't, and, but you're not perceiving a lie. You can't tell. I mean, unless you like study people lying and know the <laughs> facial thing there was a show remember of lighting yeah. or something where the guy could look at you and depending on, on it was the way you talked right the way you talked if you looked a certain direction if you stuttered or there was any kind of hesitation they could tell he could tell if you were lying or not but i'm not sure what the difference between perception and insight is but perception and investigation right the are you are you perceiving what's around you or are you trying to figure something out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is your senses? Or what are your senses telling you? And what is what can you logically ascertain by yeah. studying this per studying the situation? And I think when you look at it that way, it's pretty. You got to remember what those the meanings of those words are. I think a lot of people get confused. Well, I can perceive the lie. I'm like, no, I don't know. Well, well, perception is is one of those. You know, when your GM says roll a perception check, you're like, okay, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to figure out? Or what am I, am I, do I see something coming at me? Right. Well, I mean, that's, 
that, like, people will ask you, what, what am I trying to perceive? Yeah, what, what is no, it? No, first, I, I, I just want you to do a perception check. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And, uh, and that and that can be frustrating because. Do you notice the ninjas are sneaking up on you? <laughs> I want to know if you notice that you just walked into the mouth of a red dragon. <laughs> I think GM should just have the right to say, "What? Just just roll the die for me." I think it. I think a lot of it has to do with not changing the rules, but how people see the rules, or or not just the rules, but the what what is the check going to do? Right. And a lot of times the player character or the player for their character goes, well, my character, I built it this way and I can do these things because that's what I want to do, right? Versus, and, and you go, well, okay, this is what I want to do. And the GM was going, no, that's that's not going to work for this particular situation. Right. I think another thing is people overlook all the time or just don't want to deal with again has to be counting numbers is how much stuff you can carry right yes encumbrance in AD&D it was very important how much you could carry and hence our wagon loads of stuff (laughs) (laughs) because we always try to carry stuff right and then and then and we go well you you can carry uh, and it was kind of crazy because you can carry up to like you know five thousand gold pieces or whatever. I think a lot of GMs allow people to find bags of holding so that they don't have to deal with that, right? Yeah. Yes and no. Right. I, and a lot of it depends on on the immediacy of what they're trying to do. Right. right. If they're trying to uh, like uh, carry, I think there was at one point. You guys were, I think it was Storking Thunder, and and there was this huge, I forget what it was, like a piece of metal that you guys were trying to figure out what to do with. And it was heavy. It weighed like a thousand pounds. And I'm like, well, you guys ain't going to be able to. It was in the ground. It was in the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it was in the yeah. ground. You guys got to <laughs> take it out. And you guys took it out, and then I'm like, okay, what are we going to do with it? And then I'm like, I don't know. You can't carry it. And like, And then... A goddamn uh, pavilion. The, tent, the, pavilion. the pavilion. So at one point, uh, or they were on fifth level. Uh, they went up against a. a uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard the story. They went up against a wizard, and the wizard was like super high level, and I, and he had this tent that a we, pavilion. A pavilion. Uh, yeah, it was a pavilion. But that was like the the TARDIS. It was bigger on the inside, right? And you could. It was like a tent of holding, and you could fold it up and take it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did I, we ever establish whether you could put something that was alive in it and fold it up and it's uh, alive? We decided that I don't know if we just dis- if we decided that we put chairs in it though because they weren't alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the, so Ian wanted to put the giant pole. Yeah, this it was I, it was a big uh, like a what do you call that thing? It was a, like a megalith. Yes, exactly inside the tent, which weighed like a, literally two thousand pounds, right? A ton, and then uh, like I think it'll fit in the tent. I'm like, God damn it. Because they're not supposed to take But I think thing. your 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 decision was it's too heavy for the tent. I think what happened was it was too big for the tent. Yeah. So it wouldn't fit. You couldn't close it, the flap on it. And then uh so that yeah, so you guys were so, so the moral of the story is don't ever let your players obtain a giant pavilion that folds up. Yes. And they can put all kinds of stuff in and take it with them. Yes. And it didn't weigh anything, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah no yeah. matter how much you put in it. It could be stuffed to the gills and yes. it would not weigh anything. Uh, well, it would weigh... We did have the moral dilemma of whether to put a person in it or yes. not. And we decided not to because yeah. we, we thought they might die. <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys ever put anything alive in there? I don't think so. I think you guys were going to put a horse in there and then somebody protested. I think it was... <laughs> the, 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 the horse Kathy. might die. Yes. 
And uh, the boys were all up for it. it was even Steve and then I think well, we Kat- can see what happens. I think Kathy and you were like, uh, no, you're no. not putting a horse in it. <laughs> but it's only a riding horse. Uh, no, the, no. So encumbrance. You know, I don't really mind encumbrance. I don't. I don't. Again, the idea of does it make sense? As long as they're not like carrying the, the kitchen sink. Well, you can't carry twenty swords on your person, right? Right. Hence the pavilion and the chairs. I think you could get rid of encumbrance. The idea of counting everything that's on you and weighing it and make sure you know it, you can carry it based on your strength stat and based on how encumbered you want to be. I understand. I think that a lot of players, that's why they take all their treasure and change it into gems and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So they don't have to worry about how heavy it is. We found that out extremely early when we were playing AD&D. As soon as we got money, we put it into gems. And somehow, no matter where we were, there was a gem dealer who would <laughs> gladly take your gold and change it into gems. Like, how would we know this was actually worth a thousand or 500 gold pieces but there you were i mean and then of course there was the exchange loss as well you're gonna charge you 20 percent or whatever it was not that we did math back then but uh yes yeah, so encumbrance i think i like the idea of encumbrance in certain games like if it's a survival game or if you're out in the wilderness and don't can't resupply you can't go to town then it matters how many arrows you have if then you can't take your horse also because you know you get to a certain place and there the gm is like okay you're going to go in here the horses are going to break their legs if they try to do this so you need to leave your horses here and all the players get this look on their face like <laughs> do you know how long it took me to get that horse yeah so people get attached to the horses <laughs> and so you're right it, it's very interesting how taking this, the amount away from people or the ability to take them somewhere yeah really like oh that sucks <laughs> a little bit of it has to do with encumbrance because yeah because horse, horse donkey, carry, you have, mule can, can carry, carry all kinds stuff, of stuff yeah. and i think people really are tied to that kind of uh i i don't want to be Ideology. too far away from my stuff right well yeah because all their stuff stuff is important and and it, it harkens back to me to uh george to... carlin and his <laughs> spiel about stuff and how we get we fill our house with stuff and our garage with stuff don't put a garage don't car- put a garage in because it has too much stuff and then you get another place you rent out to put stuff in it known as storage and uh there's a ton of storage places around here and they're probably full to the gills so uh encumbrance i think it it, it matters if and only in certain types of gameplay and it has to deal with like dungeon delving i think if you're in a large dungeon it's going to be hard to take all your stuff with you into a dungeon, yes. right? Yes, and it depends on how how much stuff you're taking. Yeah. Right? It, you just want to take the backpack. The backpack with... With your the, torches. And rations. Yeah, stuff like that. Spikes, maybe yeah. Yeah, a little mallet. A 10-foot pole, for sure. I don't think that'll fit in your backpack, but... I'll just carry it. <laughs> so, encumbrance is usually overlooked or just not even dealt with in... Uh, most games, even I mean, we're talking about D and D, but in even other games that I've that I've run, like uh, I don't really deal with that in uh, the One Ring, which is very important because of uh, of uh, you're out exploring, you're out in the wild. Usually, you're in out in the wilderness for days at a time. 
but still, we don't count. You know, how much are you carrying? Well, I, don't, I don't think the one ring counts it like that, though, because they don't make you. You just have your either. There's only so much stuff you can carry. Yeah, for one yeah. Ring. yeah. I think they and they really simple um, simplify it. Uh, you can go to the extreme, like torchbearer, where you're counting torches and counting days of rations and and stuff like that, which is a dungeon delving game where it's you are trying to get as much gold and stuff and bring it out and be able to bring it out. Uh, and you got to like choose. So as you can see, there are all kinds of different kinds of rules that get either misinterpreted, ignored, changed because of the way people overlook, are, overlook them or see them, or they want to do something different than, than the way that it's written. And they didn't realize that it was written that way or someone just misinterpreted it, right? Right. So there's all kinds of ways that rules get ignored or changed. So For one reason or another, usually sometimes out of ignorance, sometimes out of uh, not liking the rules. But then you got to also remember, you always have to remember if you take something out or ignore something, how is that going to change the game? So there you go. Good luck on that. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.